Welcome to another episode of the 918 Files. I'm your host, Jason C. Vancara. In this episode, which we are recording during the daytime, because there's no way I'd be doing this at night, we are at one of the coolest but creepiest places in all of Arizona, and it's the Orpheum Theater here in downtown Phoenix. And with us is Laura, who is the treasurer for the Friends of the Orpheum Theater. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So... What's the history of this place? Because it is phenomenally cool. Like it is, the architecture is awesome. It just has a, a very cool presence to it. So what's the history? Like how did it start? Who built it? Like how did it get to be here? Yeah. So the theater was um, opened in 1929 on January 5th, actually. It was built by uh, Rickards and Nace. They were two um, theater entrepreneurs. They had met in Phoenix in about 1918. Harry Harry Nace was an acrobat. He had been traveling here with a circus and decided to stay in Phoenix and and enjoy you know the entertainment here. Um, Joe Rickers was a a sports writer, so we had somebody who liked entertainment and somebody who liked promotion. So the two of them joined forces to create this enterprise, theatrical enterprise. They owned things like theaters. They owned Riverside Park, which was a place where they had ballroom dancing. Um, there was a swimming pool there. So they were all about recreation and entertaining people. So a- as a result of that, they almost ended up owning every theater in the downtown Phoenix area. And all of those theaters, they inherited, you know, they, they went and purchased them. So they decided it was time for Phoenix. It was growing at a rapid pace to have a very ornate theater. So Harry Nace began traveling across the country, visiting multiple types of theaters, trying to decide on if he wanted a palace style theater or if he wanted um, an atmospheric theater. And thankfully, they settled on an atmospheric style theater. So basically, when you're in the theater, in the auditorium part portion, you feel like you're sitting outside. There are beautiful murals on the wall that were painted by local artist David Swing. Um, there were vines. There were actually fountains in the auditorium, too. So it really made it feel like you were um, sitting outside. The other huge feature was it was air-cooled. It wasn't air conditioning, but it was air-cooled. So when you come to the theater, if you notice grates in the bottom of the floor... That is where the cooling process would take place. Very cool. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. And they spent, I, I believe it was $750,000 to build this theater in 1929, which is. Wow. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it still amazes me that people stayed here during the summertime, like back in the day, because with no air conditioning, I don't know how people did it, but. Yeah. That was one of the attractions of the Orpheum, actually, because when it was built, they, it, it was supposed to be part of the vaudeville circuit, the Orpheum circuit. And that mm-hmm. is why it has the name um, of the Orpheum. But 1929, they started to do talking films. So we also had movie tone and Vitaphone. So they were prepared for these two different sound systems. So in addition to live performances, they, you know, they had burlesque acts. They had um, all kinds of interesting entertainment, but they did show silent and talking movies. Another feature, of course, with the silent movie would be your pipe organ. So they had um, a Miser Sullivan pipe organ that was part of the original building. We still have a pipe organ today, but it's not the original one. It was sold off sometime in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. But we have a mighty Wurlitzer theater organ Very here. Very cool. So how did you end up in this place? Like, how did you 
Wow. What was the path that led you here? So the path is through ghosts, (laughs) I have to confess. Um, My family, we have always told ghost stories. My grandmother always told me ghost stories uh, since I was a little girl. And um, I ended up doing uh, a tour, a ghost tour at the San Carlos and met some really interesting people there. And one of the gentlemen that was part of that tour group, him and I kind of formed our own tour and we were doing walking tours of the downtown Phoenix area, looking at all of the different buildings. And the Orpheum, of course, was one of our stops. And he actually came in and talked to the board at the time and asked them if they would be interested in doing ghost tours. So I started out as a ghost tour guide. And then a board uh, board member position came open and they asked me to join the board. And here I am like five years later, just oh, very cool. having a great time. So that kind of leads me to my next question. Um, I've heard some rumors that this place might be haunted. Yes. Right. So, um, and since you're in the ghost, uh, my my question to you though is, you did you know this place was haunted? Because if you did, I mean, that's your to me. Hats off. You're a brave woman <laughs> for wanting to work in a place that's haunted. So. Yeah, I love. Um, I like hearing ghost stories, and what I love most about I like I like hearing ghost <laughs> stories. I don't like experiencing ghost stories. You know, it's funny. Um, I I have been at the Hotel San Carlos, and that place did kind of frighten me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I feel the more that I've been exposed to these type of haunted environments, the more skeptical I've actually become because I, I you know, I've seen a lot of things that I can't explain, mm-hmm. and I'm searching for an explanation for him. So I I was intrigued. And also uh, my degree is actually in English. So I love researching. So when you tell me there's a ghost, I want to find out all about this person. And and that's kind of what I've done. Yeah, because coming from law enforcement, like we talked before we started recording, but, um, you know, I'm always very skeptical. Like back in the day when we, you know, when you have those people that are if, if let's say I live back in the time where everyone thought the earth was flat, if you would have told me it was round, I would have been skeptical until you showed me proof or something that says, okay, maybe you're right. This, the, you know, the world is round because it is. So for any of the flat earthers out there, but the thing is though, is I'm very skeptical and I need to have some sort of, you know, I want proof and I want valid proof and I want legitimate people tell me or providing information. So it's kind of what you're saying is, you know, you're kind of on the Abs- same spectrum as. Absolutely. 100%. Um, I, I love the ghost stories, but I want to make them as accurate as possible. And I also like to share a little bit of the history too, yeah. because I, it's a unique way to get people into the theater that might not ordinarily come here. They hear yeah. there's a ghost and they, we want to hear about this ghost. So I get to come in here and have them, yeah, captive audience and tell them ghost stories and also tell them about how wonderful this place is. Yeah, because I'm big on history too. And that's another reason why I love this type of stuff because, again, it, and that's how you create a valid story. And that's the core of it is like, what's the history of this incident or this place or, you know, this story about this person or that person or whatever. So very cool. Um, so... Have you had any experiences here involving anything odd? And when I say odd, I'm talking about because you don't have to see something. Like you don't have to see like 
a goblin walking out. You know what I'm saying? Where that's that's what a lot of people think is odd. Because to me, odd can be anything like you know, you go to sleep and your a book is in a certain spot and you wake up and it's moved. Or you're sleeping and someone blows in your ear and you don't know that that type of stuff, right? So have you had any kind of odd or unusual experience here? I actually have, and it was something auditory. I was here with um, a woman that was doing like a little Instagram live piece for the theater. We were advertising our ghost tours and we were in the auditorium and we heard laughter. We heard kids laughing. And I, I love kids. I have kids, but you want to talk about stuff that will creep me yeah. out is if you hear kids laughing and there's no kids in the area. Yeah, it, it, laughing kids. And I know that in the in the in its heyday when it was known as the Paramount, in particularly they had you know Saturday morning cartoons. Um, at Easter time, they used to have a, a policy where you donate an egg and you get to see a free movie. So kids are definitely a part of the legacy of the Orpheum. So when I heard the laughter, I kind of got a little bit of a smile on my face. But the skeptic in me was like, "We got to find a, a you know rational explanation." So. The one wall we share is with City Hall. So we we can't open the doors, but we, there's a lot of creepy yeah. stuff that happens over there, but <laughs> yeah, that, different story. Yeah, so different yeah, different podcast. But yeah. um so I ran over and put my ear against the wall and we could not hear anything coming from City Hall, not a footstep, not a peep. But we definitely it was definitely heard children laughing. So that was the one thing that I I'm still kind of, like I said, I'm a skeptic. So did I really hear it? But there were two of us. We both heard it. Yeah, that's kind of, that's odd. Um, so of all the unusual stories or like incidents that are associated with this place, because there's quite a few, mm-hmm. which one is the one that intrigues you the most? Well, I would, I would have to say it's our most famous spirit. And her name is Maddie. And she resides predominantly in the balcony We've had multiple sightings of her, and I am desperately trying to find out who she is. I really want to know her story. I think it's, I think that's part of why um, I like doing this so much is I want these people to live on. I want their stories to be told. I don't want them to be forgotten because kind of like with the uh, Egyptian thinking is like you never really die until somebody stops talking about you. Yeah. And that's why... It's so important to me to try to identify the spirit in the theater and share their story. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because I heard about a story, I think it was involving, it might have been her, but with the, I guess there's um, there there's some sort of performance, like acrobat performance on stage, and the performers stopped. Is, yeah. Do you remember? You know? Yes, I do. It was in, um, an acrobatics group um a troop they were performing on the stage and um they somebody one of them saw maddie in the balcony and apparently it looked like she was going to jump off Mm -hmm. the ledge which we've heard these stories before where she just kind of walks right off the ledge and dissipates into the air and that's exactly what they experienced that night on the stage yeah so the whole team saw this right yeah that is is my understanding 
It's very odd. And then you said you had another employee here that was kind of experiencing. Yes. Got, um, someone's got a crush on him. Maybe. Yes. Yes. And this is another spirit. And this is one that we just recently found within the past couple of years. So we've always had Maddie in the balcony, but then there was the woman with the hat. And so I didn't. So for me, it was like, is the ghost making costume changes? I, I just didn't know. I mean, is I can see maybe Cher in the afterlife, you know, changing costumes multiple times. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, here at the Orpheum, so um, the other woman, the lady in the hat was always seen in the lower levels, uh, like in the auditorium or t- by the stage predominantly. Mm. And so one night... Um, the production coordinator was shutting down the theater. He had, you know, the entire cast. It was when one of the Broadway shows was here. The cast had been released. He had released security. And he was on the stage and he was turning off the lights. Now, there's a light box there. And he had the door open, turned off the lights, closed the door. And the woman was standing there. And she Hmm. appeared so real to him that he actually spoke to her. And he... When he tells the stories, like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm looking at a ghost. It was more like, why is this person still in the theater? And he, you know, he's like, may I help you? And she turned around and walked off and he could not find her. He searched the entire I kind of, it gives me chills, like, hearing you describe that because no thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He, it really shook him up because I don't think he said he didn't realize what had happened until after it happened. And I think that's true for most of us is that anybody I've talked to that's had that kind of experience, they're, they don't, don't know what's happening in the moment. It's mm-hmm. that afterwards, like what just happened? And that's what I like about this place in terms of validity, right? When it comes, cause like we said before, I'm always skeptical. If you tell me that you saw something weird, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be skeptical of it. I'm going to be like, okay, well, then I'll start interviewing you without interviewing you type right. st- type thing. But with this place is you have people that come here that don't know the backstory of this place and they're seeing things and mm-hmm. saying stuff and, you know, it's just, it kind of makes it more valid. Right. It's kind of like if you're like, not to go off topic, but like with Bigfoot, right? Mm-hmm. Bigfoot is one of those things where you have people in different regions of the world giving same descriptions of stuff. And it's kind of like they're not associated with each other and they're given the same description. Or if coming from law enforcement, if I go to a crime scene and I have separate individual witnesses and they're telling me the same story, that makes it valid. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if I have a group of people that have been talking together for, you know, 20 minutes, their stories are going to be the same because they've been talking together. But this place is a little bit different because you have different people that are not associated with each other, have no back, they don't know the backstory, and they're telling the same things. Yep. Which is kind of cool. I mean, cool in a way of, (laughs) you know, we're here in the daytime and I'm not going to be here at night, but, (laughs) you know, so. But, um, so, in our book, The 918 Files, our main character uses the phrase, um, I came, I saw, I'm now creeped out, and it's definitely how I feel right now, talking about, but again, this is the daytime, so we're cool, so, um, but it's it's not in a bad way, right? Because this place is, yeah, it's a little creepy, but it's not creepy in a bad way. It's kind of like when you were telling me this story earlier about one of the, the people that built this place and up in that, the room mm-hmm. that, and you were kind of telling me the story about him. It was a little, you know, like, like I said, a little bit creepy, but at the same time, it wasn't scary. Like, 
it was kind of a friendly creepiness, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would have to say that most of the spirits that we've identified are all, um, they're not harmful in any way. They, In fact, when we do our ghost tours, I always tell people, do not provoke them. We like our spirits. They're very friendly. Um you know, the, the unless unless it's Maddie, because you said Maddie's very strict, <laughs> well, right? Well, the rule Maddie is strict, so she does not like it if you disrespect the theater. She gets very. She's been known to thunk people um, on the back of the head, um, shush people, and you know. Just, I like I like that though. I mean, yeah, she's just kind of like a, a yeah. She's just making sure everybody's behaving in the balcony. Yeah, which is good. That's where all the mischief happens. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, so if let's say someone's listening right now and they want to take a tour, they want to, they want to visit this place. What's, what are some of the options they have for, for coming here? Yeah. So we offer, um, free public tours, uh, ever, ever so often. Um, those are usually on our, you know, our Facebook page or Eventbrite is where we log those. It's about a 90 minute tour. They don't talk about the ghosts on that one. It just gives a historic uh, perspective and really goes into great detail about the building of the theater and all of the details inside. We do offer ghost tours. We usually do one in the spring and then again around Halloween. Those are also usually on a Facebook event or on our website, which is um, phototphoenix.org. Very cool. Um, well, Laura, it's been a pleasure talking with you this morning. Any final thoughts, parting words? I just think that I, you know, I'm always asked if I believe in ghosts. Mm. And I always say absolutely yes, I do. Because I think these ghosts, these spirits here help keep history alive. I mean, without our spirits, there's a number of people that would have never visited this very unique, one-of-a-kind theater in downtown Phoenix. So I say Bring them on. <laughs> yeah. And like my mom used to say, um, they're just on the other side of the wall, right? Yeah. So it's like until you prove me that they're not. So, all right. Well, Laura, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep.